0: Welcome back to New Book Tuesday on CPL Radio, the show that looks at books. Uh, well, we look at the books, and you hear about us looking at the books. I'm Jeff Messerman, Adult Services Librarian for the Cedarburg Public Library, and I have two two more of me here as well.
1: <laughs> uh, Casey Saint Clair, Head of Youth Services in the Children's Department, and Heidi Griffin, uh, Youth Services Associate.
0: All right, you got us. You know who we are. Let's talk about books, and we are going to start today, I believe, with uh, well, we're going to talk about something big. Most people are used to a summer reading program, but in the last couple of years, we've uh, branched out and added another season: <laughs> the winter reading program. Casey, can you tell us a little bit about what's coming up? Uh, it started yesterday, I guess. So. It
2: started yesterday, Monday, December fourth, and it's a program for all ages, and in the years past, we've done a winter theme with snowflakes, snowmen, um, challenges to, you know, read 30 minutes while you're having a hu- cup of hot cocoa. Right, 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 right. And this year we decided to change things up and we created the theme, grab a book and go places. Absolutely. So we're encouraging readers to read books that either take place in a different country or part of the United States or written by international authors. And um, you can go upstairs the adult services desk and uh, I think drop off a short review of a book?
0: We're still discussing that. You can always do that, but we're not, yeah. not exactly making that a requirement. We okay. don't want to put people off, you know. Uh, sure. So. <laughs> so you write
2: down the name of a book that yeah. you've read yep. and you'll be entered in to win uh, grand prizes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Huge. Huge stuff.
2: And then downstairs, <laughs> uh, we're so excited. We've made little passports for the kids. Neat. Um, to take home and there's different activities in them, including reading, but also find the place you were born on an atlas or a map. Oh, cool! Nice, um, nice. And the kids will receive Milwaukee Admirals tickets upon completion and tickets to earn grand prizes too. So grab a Sweet.
0: book and go places. All right, that's the way to go. And uh, just so you know, you still can drink hot cocoa while you read. We do not. <laughs> yes, that's not, uh, I'm sorry that uh, we were disqualified. Uh, yes, we, <laughs> snow is inevitable,
2: but uh we wanted to celebrate. Warmer places too. Yes, very important.
0: <laughs> very good. Excellent. Well, Casey, since you're already uh, you're already talking, let's uh, why don't we jump into the book that you have for us this week? Sure.
2: I read a nonfiction young adult book that hit our shelves this summer, and I finally got a chance to dive in. It is called America Redux: Visual Stories from Our Dynamic History by Ariel Aberg Riger. I hope I said that correctly. Um, it's a really cool book, and there's lots of imagery inside. Nice. And can tell I'm, from here
0: it's pretty gorgeously yeah, put together. I like, yeah. uh, I like it already.
2: It's a, a lot of collage artwork with uh, pictures that many people will recognize um, from American history, as well as some other artistic photos, too. Yeah. I'm going to read the book jacket because it yep. does a really good job of summarizing what the book is about. Absolutely. America Redux explores the themes that create our shared sense of the American identity and interrogates the myths we've been telling ourselves for centuries. With iconic American catchphrases as chapter titles, these 21 visual stories illuminate the astonishing, unexpected, sometimes darker sides of history that reverberate in our society to this very day. So um, it sounds, is Sounds yeah. great. That sounds yeah. really interesting yeah. um, It is in the historical uh, U.S. history section mm-hmm. of the Dewey Decimal System mm-hmm. um, and the author has very smartly not used a traditional linear timeline mm-hmm. to talk mm-hmm. about American history. Instead she groups things that have happened throughout history into uh, different themes mm-hmm. um, So for example there's A picture on page 43 of a suffragette looking woman uh, casting her vote in a ballot box and then juxtaposed next to that is an African American woman Mm -hmm. casting her vote in a ballot box and um, the theme was that people have gained rights in america but not at the same time yeah so very cool
0: very cool yeah
2: it's really well done once Um, again
0: this uh, frustrates me as an adult librarian because sometimes some of the most groundbreaking stuff and the most exciting things happening in the world of literature is going on in your department
2: it really (laughs) is i mean really is
0: it's because it's like adults are kind of snapped into their routines and Mm. like it's like some of the books are just like like that, just groundbreaking and revolutionary yeah. and, and, you know, some of the, it's great. I mean, wow, that's yeah. cool. Uh, I would think there would be ample adults that'd be interested in leafing through this as well.
2: Absolutely. It's not your cut and dry history book yeah. for sure. Um, but it does stick to the facts Yeah. there. I think unfortunately people might take a look at this and say, Oh, this is a
0: mm-hmm. woke nah. book
2: when in fact the author is truly just mashing up facts in yeah. a way that makes. That is thought provoking. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. And just so you know, that's the first time we've used the W word here on the w show. The word. <laughs> <laughs> the young adult librarian dropped the, the woke scandalous. word. Scandalous. Yeah. Um, Stop the presses.
2: It has well-known and lesser-known events in here. It would be great for anyone who loves American history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone who enjoys reading Howard Zinn, um, mm-hmm. who takes a different spin on American history. And, um, yeah, I really encourage students who are studying American U.S. history in like middle school or high school or yeah. college to take a look at it too. Wow.
0: Um, so yeah. Is it getting accolades out there besides here in this room? I mean, is it one oh, of those? I don't know. Give it a look. I'm just curious if yeah. it's, yeah. you know, I would think schools would be, I mean, schools that are, <laughs> open to ideas. Uh, I, I <laughs> yes. have to be careful here. Um, <laughs> so, um, would that would be a great like, you know, assigned reading or yeah. do a book report on for, for you think like a middle, like sixth grade ish would be the target. I would target? say
2: a little bit higher, not because of the content, okay. but just more of the
0: layout, and the, the
2: aptitude yeah. to like, Kind of digest sure. this book. I mean, it opens with a James Baldwin quote. Oh, sure. So I think a sixth graders might. I don't yeah. know. Maybe they're really. Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, we got some sharp cookies in this yeah. town.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you know, I bet so. Yeah. so I mean, um,
0: don't sell Cedarburg short. <laughs> yeah,
2: and may I end with the James Baldwin? I think quote? you should. Okay. America. <laughs> oh yeah. American history is longer, larger more various, more beautiful, and more terrible than anything anyone has ever said about it. And there we go. (laughs) Time for a break. That's
0: all right. Yes, we will be back. Uh, Here's a uh, a little inspirational music for you, and we'll be back in just a bit. We're back on New Book Tuesday, and it's nice that we can put the show out on Tuesday for you, so hopefully, if we cataloged with all due the dispatch, they're available on the uh, on the sales floor, as they say. Um, if not, we'll get there. <laughs> Got to get those stickers on there. Got to get those RFID tags. Takes a little bit. So anyway, here's Heidi with her book of the week.
1: All right. Well, I have a great book this week, and I think all ages can enjoy this book. Um, I chose The Labors of Hercules Beale" by Gary D. Schmidt. Um, Gary Schmidt is a well-known author in the children's section. Um, he's a Newbery Honor, and people may know him from the Wednesday Wars. Um, so this book here was written in May of 2023, or released, sorry. And um, yeah, It's about good old Hercules Beal. He is a seventh grader who lives in Cape Cod with his older brother, Achilles. Uh, They live on their family farm, which is also a running nursery that their great-great-grandfather and great-great-uncle started. So we start off, and it has been less than a year since his parents were killed in an accident. Um, so this has forced his brother to, who was a writer for, uh, Nat Geo to come back and take care of his brother. Yeah. Um, and they also have to keep the farm going. So because they have to keep the farm going, Achilles decides that it's best for Hercules to switch schools. Mm -hmm. Hercules has been very comfortable in his old school with all of his friends, um, Also, he had a special route he would take to school, um, and some special things would happen. He would talk to his parents um, every morning, so he's kind of distraught when his brother decides that he will be switching schools and joining the Cape Cod Academy for Environmental Sciences. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's a little upset. Sounds like
0: a charter school to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So um, his first day of school, he's surprised because he he ends up making friends. Um, But we meet a really interesting character. Um, We meet retired Marine Lieutenant Colonel Hupfer, Mm. and he is Hercules' homeroom teacher and humanities teacher. And I'm sure you can guess how this classroom is run.
0: (laughs) I feel like the actor uh, Chris Cooper could play this role really well. (laughs) Well, Gary Sinise. Uh, Gary Sinise. Yes. Uh,
1: (laughs) So, um, of course, he seems rough and, you know, very military, Mm -hmm. Um, but... He knows his students are capable of great things, so he assigns each student a new, a unique year-long project that ties into mythology. And there's hmm. there's the mythology tied to the story right there. So some of these seem completely outrageous. So he is assigning um, each project that kind of. Um, partners the gifts of each kid so that you know he knows that they can do it so one of them being um, drawing maps from all the myths oh, so that's cool. like over a hundred maps hmm. um, another one was to interview every set of twins in Cape Cod <laughs> <laughs> and
0: I, I, I have a few of them I, I have some twins <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah.
1: and then Hercules gets his assignment and his assignment is to And this is a quote, make, do, perform, execute, accomplish each of the 12 labors of Hercules. So if you're familiar with mythology, um, Hercules had to do all of these labors. And some of them are very extreme. And then after completing these, he had to submit a 150 um, word reflection, Mm. which is something that Hercules struggles with through, Mm. through the story. Um, And also he's struggling with how he can complete these uh, labors in modern times. Because clearly we are not mythological.
0: (laughs) I don't recall. I can't name all 12, but I'm sure some of them involve some pretty uh, outrageous stuff. I
1: mean, I believe one of them is Hercules has to go to hell. Oh <laughs> wow! Okay. So I mean, this could be pretty grueling for a seventh grader Absolutely. to you know look forward to.
0: Can I get a cab to the Bronx? <laughs> <laughs> no offense to our New York uh, listeners, of course. Yeah. I'm sure it's much better now. <laughs> but throughout
1: this story. um uh, Colonel Hupfer just pushes Hercules to do better and kind of takes him under his wing because he knows he's capable and he knows he's grieving and he knows that, um, he, um, needs time to heal. Um, and so the character development in this story is amazing Mm -hmm. because each character that comes into play, you learn more and more about them and it's, um, um, him and his brother's relationship grows Yeah, yeah. brother gets a girlfriend herky hercules thinks she's a vampire um there's <laughs> a one-eyed cat
0: she is a, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, a one-eyed cat there's a, this, yeah, it's, this, this it's, book, book is, for is you, Jeff. made for me <laughs> yes. uh, for our listeners at home i have two one-eyed black cats <laughs> And, yes. uh, and I dated a vampire once. So, anyway, <laughs> so it all so it works oh. out very well. <laughs> well. Talk about that in a future show. Um, well, it sounds great. I mean, this really sounds uh, like it tackles some heavy stuff, but yes. not in our, in, but maybe with a lighter touch. Not it as... is
1: very it's a very heartwarming story. Yeah. Um it's once again, I like to choose the books that will take your emotions on a roller coaster. And <laughs> I mean but it, all in all it is very, very it's funny. Yeah. It's um absolutely. And I think we can all see a bit of ourselves in Hercules and his struggles. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's a great book. A and for,
0: for Casey, I see some dogs in the cover. Is that, uh, is <laughs> that, is there, is there some pups? Okay, good. Yeah. Good. I want to make there's sure. Is that
1: how the yeah. cat got one eye? <laughs> the dog? No, but there is a very, very interesting story about the cat in the book. So if you want to know about wait. that, you All should right. read it. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> get my dust off my library card. <laughs> come down and see you soon. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, cool. Well, thank you, Heidi. That is awesome. You, you've been bringing it. You really, uh, like, uh, you know, you, uh, you should get a kickback from the publisher's last couple because you really. <laughs> Uh, he really uh, knocked it out there. So, well, now now that we've dealt with some, you know, very sort of, I would say, borderline highbrow material, <laughs> let me knock things down a few pegs. <laughs> I'm
2: really excited for this. Yes.
0: So there's a great publishing imprint called Hard Case Crime. They've been around for about 20 years. And they publish. They were... The first 10 years or so, they were republishing old, hard-boiled thrillers and, uh, like, noir classics. So it's a lot of P.I. stories, uh, you know, uh, a lot of cocktails, a lot of dames hanging off the arm, a little uh, two-fisted, you know, everyone smoking, uh, someone's double-crossing or triple-crossing somebody else. It's a fun imprint, actually. The covers, they were making their own, you know, and everyone, when I walked in here, the room today commented on the uh, pretty stark cover that we have here today, Hard Case Crime. Actually, some of their covers, I want to buy more of them for our library, but I'm like... I can't really have that facing out.
2: Yeah, just <laughs> yes. the spines are safe.
0: Yes, the yes. spines are extraordinarily safe. <laughs> um, so, in the last ten years or so, though, so that was our first ten years, was just you know, republishing Donald Westlake and uh, Ed McBain and a lot of great hard-boiled writers of the fifties and sixties, even like the forties and thirties. Um, and they were great. They were fun to read. Not not great. I shouldn't. Great is the wrong word. <laughs> They were highly readable garbage. <laughs> and I loved every minute of it. <laughs> so um, in the last 10 years, though, they've been publishing some more, some original, uh, like new books. And Stephen King has already published twice with Hard Case Crime with a... No, I'm sorry. Three times, I think. One was called The Colorado Kid. One was called Joyland. And they are both actually great books because it was like Stephen King, who as those who are fans of him know he has kind of has diarrhea of the typewriter and for this it was like no he has to be lean and mean mm-hmm. and so he having that kind of constriction on was really good for him I think I, it was like some of the best books he's written so the one I have today is feels like a wholly original I have never seen or read anything like this I've, I mean it has elements of a million other crime stories but this is literally straight up drive-in 1970s classics uh, smoky and the Bandit, um, you know, the Cannonball Run. This is uh, Low Down Road by Scott Von Doviak, and um, only his second book, I think. Actually, Stephen King blurbed him on the cover. And call it a great effing story. Uh, That's right (laughs) on the cover. So I mean, there you go. Um, And uh, the king is right. I'm I'm only I'm heading into like the midpoint, and it is a it is a Texas story set in the mid seventies. Not actually seventy three, I think. CB radios are becoming a thing and becoming popular. Um, There's it's honky tonks and uh, crooked sheriffs. These two cousins. um, What are their names? Uh, uh, What are the names actually? Chuck and Chuck and the other guy. Um, nice. yes, Chuck and Doug Dwayne. I don't know. I say on the back. Yeah, I would. Um, I'm struggling here. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Chuck and his brother. Um, <laughs> uh, Chuck's the more, me- you know why I don't remember Chuck's he's the more memorable one at the beginning of the story. He's been out of jail for a mere s- six weeks and already he has probably bent or broken the law like. Every day, like daily. He just cannot live within the confines of the law. And unfortunately, he goes uh, goes honky tonkin' as they will do in Texas, I hear, and uh, tries to pick up a a lovely lady who unfortunately is the local deputy's (laughs) the local deputy's wife. And the wow. local deputy has basically said that if anyone comes anywhere near my wife, I will murder them on the on on the spot. You'll be like a pair of smoking boots is all that'll be left if I, <laughs> <laughs> if, I if I find you with my wife. Boom. That's right. So Chuck is like, cool. Let's go. Um, so and of course the other thing about this book is it does not stop moving. Every car in here is right. Uh, the, the slowest I've seen any car go in this book is probably ninety two. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. it's Dodge. It's muscle cars. It's Dodge Chargers and Challengers and. Everything's souped up. Um,
2: Can you describe the cover briefly? I certainly can.
0: So we have some characters on the cover. We have um, the two brothers, I believe. Um, Chuck and the other guy. Um, Cigarette and mouth. Cigarette and mouth. It's Uh, sort of that uh, classic
2: painted, like... (laughs) A oil painting. Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. The, he's got the uh, porn star, uh, porn star mustache. Yes. Uh, the mutton chops. Um, uh, there's a gentleman on the cover. I know this, who that guy is. He actually. Uh, they're going to steal. The, the scheme is they're going to steal lots of marijuana <laughs> from from essentially a. Um, a junkyard mm-hmm. to get there though. They have to go through somebody who runs a snake farm. Cause I guess they have snake farms in Texas. I did not know that my question of course is, why are you farming snakes? <laughs> and this is and this is all kinds of snakes. Is it it's,
2: for cowboy boots?
0: Sure. I, okay, I can Belts. take it. Yeah, certainly. Belts? But um, also on the cover is the uh, the dirty crooked sheriff and uh, a woman in Daisy Dukes and a tied off uh, uh, tank top. So um, is that the wife? <laughs> I'm not sure. I think they're about to meet her on the road because the wife. Well, I don't want to give away too much. Although it happens in the first chapter, the wife is is gunned down. <laughs> 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 Jesus! <laughs> <Jeff>. <laughs> <It> just boom. <laughs> That's okay, she was gonna kill him. It's a series of very bad decisions. <laughs> you know? This is wild. It is so wild. I I um I needed this now. It's getting cold out, and this is a hot, sweaty, sticky book. It's just like uh, That's I also mean, going 90 it, miles an hour. It's also going 90 miles an hour. Um holy cow. Um I was three when this story would have taken place. <laughs> and thankfully, and I was not in Texas, I was in Wisconsin because Texas, just from what I've heard, I've never been in that state. I don't know if anybody in this room has.
2: I have, but not not, not that a, Texas. Not
0: that Texas. <laughs> Texas. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, let's just say eventually they wind up uh, taking off in a stolen taco truck, <laughs> and they're also driving that at about 110 miles an hour. So like this refried beans, right? Refried oh beans flying everywhere. I. It's and it's actually the one thing I didn't mention is it also plays out. It feels like a Quentin Tarantino movie. If you've seen any Quentin, it feels like a Quentin Tarantino yes. movie. Yes. Um, with a Duke's, let Dash of the Duke's a Hazard, and Smokey and the Bandit. Nobody is, I, as far as I can tell, I don't think anybody ever written a book like this. I mean William Faulkner, I guess was dealing with the south, but I mean like but there was no there were no taco trucks with William Faulkner's book. Yeah, I'm
2: even trying to think of like the western canon of no. like the, you know, uh what is it? Oh my God. John Wayne.
0: John. Sure. No, no, no. Yeah. It wouldn't even
2: come close. This this is
0: just wild. And I, it is, but it is written. I mean, it's very funny, but it's not intentionally funny. Like he's not pushing jokes. It's Mm -hmm. just the situations are side splitting. The Scott Von Doviak, who I've visited his website and I'm like, what more do you have? Um, he has just, I think he's created a genre. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's exciting for me. That's just like, wow, cool! Give me twenty more of these things.
2: Yeah. So, so yeah. Where do patrons go to find this book? Like on our shelves?
0: Currently, it is on the new arrivals wall. Um, and when I'm finished with it in a few days, it will be back on the new arrivals wall. When it's all done, it'll just be wound up in general fiction. I mean, we don't really yeah. have a we don't really have a hillbilly section <laughs> here per se. So. well, I wasn't sure if it was going in the mystery or the science, like. It who cu- knows? It could. I guess. Yeah, I'd have to work on that. I'm not sure. That was on the fence with that one. Do I put this in mystery? A lot of the hard case crime books do wind up in mystery, but this one just feels like it's a thriller and it's a comedy. It's a comedy thriller. It's, uh, and I guess Elmore Leonard. I mean, he was, uh, who wrote like, uh, get shorty and all that kind of stuff. So, um, wow, I'm floored. Uh, putting the pedal to the metal on this book. <laughs> <laughs> come check it out. We're the only library in the system, the monarch system that has it. I was the only one brave enough That's to buy cool. it. Yeah. Yes. So come on down and let's get some holds on this thing because um, I love it. It's just great fun. So
1: yeah. Once you see the cover, you're going to want to read it.
0: I thought, and I always try to face it out for that reason yeah. when I get downstairs, but I have a feeling some people are like, oh, let's just turn that the other way. <laughs> oh,
1: bring <laughs> we, it
2: on. Yes.
0: I know. Come on. We're everything. All things to all people. We are a library. So I'm going to play some twangy music here, maybe a little Uh, dueling banjos or something I don't know bye bye (laughs) remember the adventure doesn't end here head over to monarchcat.org to request or place holds on any of the titles you heard today Whether it's a thrilling mystery, a heartwarming romance, or a mind-bending sci-fi, there's a story waiting for you. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Your feedback keeps us going and helps fellow book lovers discover their next favorite read. A special thank you to the Friends of the Cedarburg Public Library for their unwavering support in making this podcast possible. Your dedication to fostering a love of reading in our community is truly commendable. Stay tuned for more literary discoveries next Tuesday. Until then, happy reading, and may your bookshelves and TBRs be ever-expanding.